All right, I'm back. I took one sick day, and now it feels like I haven't been in here for forever. It's like all rusty. I'm like, where does the thing go? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to navigate the studio whatsoever after one extra day. <laughs> um, it's Twitter alert season. We're here. Do you guys Finally. put alerts on? I do. You I never do? do, no. No, me neither. There's something about like the organic hitting of seeing something break on social media that I crave. I don't want the alert, I, I, especially since you put the alerts for the insiders and it's not like they only tweet breaking news, right? Yeah. So you have to get the little ping on your phone and then you look at it and they go, the Nets are exploring and you go, nah, <laughs> yeah. this is not. Every time your phone lights up, he's like, oh, yeah. And it's like the uh, Utah Jazz are open to moving Jared Vanderbilt. I'm like, nah, I'm not living this sick. life. Yes, I'm not living this. Also, I don't know why the Jazz are open to moving Jared Vanderbilt. The Jazz should be consolidating their assets and trying to win. What yeah. a loser team that Danny Ainge is like. We're already looking for more picks. I'm like, you did it. You're you're good. You, you already got, got a haul. Oh man, pick there. There is a weird thing going on in the NBA, and I'll admit that. I'm kind of fallen victim to it a little as well with this Raptor stuff where everybody's just so horny for picks. Like anytime a person sees first round pick in a trade, they're like, oh my God, you saw with the Kyrie thing, right? Yeah. So the Kyrie news breaks Mm -hmm. and everyone goes, and I'll admit I did the same thing where I went, oh, that's a really nice haul for the Nets. Mm -hmm. It also had to do with the fact that they got two quality players that I think fit well with their team. They're like good actual players. Yeah, they're deep. And (laughs) all of a sudden now Cam Thomas, I know I don't want to do Nets talk here. (laughs) Just 91 points in the last year. Yeah, but he's just, I, so I actually had a bet yesterday uh, on the Clippers and I watched a lot of that game. Oh no. (laughs) And he was terrifying. Like they would not go away. And I went, this is outrageous. You have a guy starting that I've never heard of before. And I watch basketball. I, I don't understand how this is happening. Anyway, the Nets team is kind of nice. I, I like the Dinwiddie's Nets. Dinwiddie's nice. Dinwiddie's no, a good player. Dinwiddie's good. Yeah, he's a good player. Although Dinwiddie's probably not doing so... He's probably not too thrilled with his whole, like, <laughs> let me get paid in crypto at its peak thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Swing and a miss there. Yeah, he was like, all you can give me is peak crypto. <laughs> I hope he doesn't have a girl who, like, always is making passive-aggressive comments at him. But, yeah, the Kyrie trade happens, and everyone... I get it. Kyrie's a cancer, and he's not a guy that you should be wanting to bet on. Mm-hmm. But I did think people are acting like the Mavs don't have now like a starting all-star backcourt, two guys who can essentially take turns in isolation mm-hmm. and score at will on any team in a year where it's kind of flat. Yep. And people were freaking out going, wow, can you believe that they gave up a first-round pick? And I went, yeah, I can. <laughs> it's Kyrie Irving. I can believe that. <laughs> I can believe that they gave up what they hoped to be is a crappy first-round pick yeah. and two role players for a bona fide superstar, one of the most talented players in the NBA. Yeah. Um, then I thought about the Raptors. So mm. I got a, a bunch of thoughts. You got Bobby Marks coming up here in about seven, eight minutes. So I'm going to start to try to flush through a little bit of this where I'm at today. Clearly, I've been on Team Tank forever. Yep. Clearly, I've thought I've been pick horny just like the rest of us. Okay. Like <laughs> a first I, round pick. Yeah. I want those picks. <laughs> I want those swaps. I want those. Oh yeah. Give me those unprotected swaps. Swaps with teams that you'll never swap with just to say you did it. Just to say you can Masai. Just so you had a swap. Flex on them. Flex on them Masai. Um, I'm pick horny like everybody else. I want them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind getting some 
like good young talent back. I was terrified seeing the report about Ben Simmons because oh. apparently the Raptors had a little interest in him, but then they drafted Scotty Barnes. Yeah. And then two more years of Ben Simmons happened. <laughs> Hard to imagine the Raptors taking future Nets picks and Ben Simmons for yeah. Siakam trade. So I think everyone can chill out on that one. Yeah. But how the Kyrie Irving trade made me feel about the Raps was some good, some bad. The good was that it was a guard that went off the market to a team that I don't think the Raptors were going to be dealing with for Fred. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't, like, they wouldn't have paid that price for Fred Van Vliet. But it set the market high for guards, and it left the Lakers desperate, hungry, mm-hmm. the Suns desperate and hungry, and the Clippers desperate and hungry. Yeah. I don't like the package that the Clippers can put together. Um, there's a little bit of attractiveness to it with regards to their future first round picks. I'm just not sure what the Raptors want with those kind of assets that are so far out. I think if they are looking at this, they would really like 2023 and 2024 picks Mm -hmm. so that they can realistically build around Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Follow the same timeline. Blake, Blake tweeted it the other day about Scotty Barnes's numbers in the clutch. You guys see that stat? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, just he has been one of the most efficient scorers in the NBA in the clutch. And he had a game the other night where he went at Jaron Jackson Jr. The Memphis was down a bunch of players. The Raptors' win was meaningless. Mm-hmm. Um, but what wasn't meaningless was Scotty Barnes in the last couple minutes of the game. His confidence seems to be going higher. Totally. He's clearly the guy that you want with the ball in his hands at the end of the game, him yeah. and Siakam, which is saying quite a thing yeah. considering some of his teammates. And the fact that Fred is sort of normalized and he's back on the floor... You, you need to build properly around Scotty Barnes. Yeah. So getting assets that are like in 2029, unless you're flipping those. <laughs> yeah, some, it's a flip, right? Yeah, which is, all, which is fine. Like <laughs> getting those pieces is not the worst idea. I'm just saying I, I can't imagine that the Raptors are overly thrilled about moving certain guys for pieces like that. And the Clippers having Terrence Mann, who is one of those like sneaky old guys. Yeah, older than you think. Eh? Yeah, like Norm Powell was forever. Where it was like Norm Powell's in his third year. And he's, or sorry, DeLon Wright. It was DeLon oh, Wright. Yeah, yeah. It was like, DeLon Wright is in his third NBA season, and he's 42 years old. <laughs> like, DeLon. <laughs> Him and LeBron, like, went to the same high school. <laughs> he was drafted eight years and later. There's Devin Booker, and it's like his sixth yeah, year. Yeah, he's like 22 no, somehow. Yeah, exactly. it's like, what? No, I know. Devin Booker, every year they do the players under 25. <laughs> he's somehow like, in there every single year. <laughs> like, like, you've how? been here for a decade. I know. What are he's you just doing? there perpetually. Um <laughs> I don't really love the Clippers stuff, but maybe the Lakers get desperate. Maybe the Suns get desperate. The Lakers maybe just threw the magic, their first round picks like almost right away. That's what I'm saying. Maybe the Magic get a little desperate knowing that, oh, crap, we might not just be able to grab Fred in free agency. We might want to trade for him now. Maybe mm-hmm. they add a little bit more. So the Kyrie trade, in my opinion, we'll ask Bobby Marks, good for Fred Van Vliet market. Mm-hmm. Good for the guard market. I'm not sure it's great for the OGN and OB situation. Mm. Because if you're a team, if you're Memphis or you're New Orleans, are you going to be able to forgive yourself if you go all in for OG Ananobi and then Kevin Durant becomes available during the offseason? Mm-hmm, that's true. Like, that's a nightmare. Yeah. I love OG. Uh, part of me is, I'm always so torn. I watched OG do uh, wings or flats with the <laughs> Raptors. And he's just, and it's the lamest content, right? <laughs> There's nothing lamer than the, here's the team, and they get pulled a question, and our social media team edits it in a perfect, but OG is so naturally funny mm-hmm. that even that lame, horrific content 
that generic vanilla paste stuff that they put out there for the you Pete really Walkers. Content. Well, it's it's like this is like the our our boy Pete. It's like this is the stuff he watches and is like, this is cool. This is a the player real showing deal. personality. Yeah, exactly. That's like when the youth who think uh, NHL player putting on a fedora is like, look, that guy's really an interesting person. <laughs> like, like, dude, look at all their personality that they've put on display. Mitch Marner got that so much this weekend. They went, look at his personality. Look at his skates. He made custom skates and put a suit on with a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Bucks anyway, yeah. Um, OG made me laugh because he's yeah. just a naturally, he's one of those guys. Without even trying to. Without trying. I think he's one of the funniest athletes <laughs> ever that I can remember where it's just naturally funny. Mm-hmm. You would want to hang out with him. Dude, let's not forget the Serge Ibaka scarf thing where oh, he just knows amazing. how to touch the like right buttons and annoy <laughs> and troll somebody and never forget Serge just yelling, OG, like so <laughs> mad at him. It's the funniest, man. I will miss OG so much. And yeah. just like, I love the way he plays defense. I, that I've said before that his shot against the Celtics mm-hmm. in the bubble was yeah. Just the walk-off celebration. No Man, emotion. we were coming out of the pandemic. We thought there was no be sports again. Yeah, the Raptors were dead. And then he just nailed that three when everybody thought the Raptors were toast. It's mm-hmm. just, it's an awesome, it's an underrated, I think, Toronto sports moment. Yeah. OG, however, only plays certain amount of games a year, okay? Mm-hmm. And I know that they're being overly cautious with his injury right now, but it is a reminder that it's hard to keep this guy healthy. And before Kevin Durant was potentially available again, you saw some of these trade offers and they were pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like the things that people were cobbling together. There, there's some stuff where I went, <sighs> I know Raptors Twitter and Raptors media, we all get a little bit out of control with some of these pieces and we dream a little bit too big. Yep. And even I was guilty of it too, going, why wouldn't yeah. New Orleans give up the Lakers pick that, plus Dyson Daniels, who was the like ninth <laughs> overall pick in the last draft, plus, 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 right? You start to get a little crazy with yeah. it. But if one of those crazy offers comes down the pipe for OG, I just don't know how you justify not selling extremely high. Mm-hmm. Even if it's valuable real estate, you got to sell high when someone comes over the top and just says, no, we're going to give you a crazy amount of money for this. Yeah. And that's just the way that I felt about OG and Anobi. So Mark Stein was on. Is Bobby's not on the line yet, right? Okay, cool. Because I don't want to... Mark Stein was on Tim and Friends, and he said this, and, and this... This, this tied in with KD scared me a little bit. Masai Ujiri wants to enter to seriously entertain a Siakam or Ananobi trade now, but a lot of people around the league think that there is still time for that stance to change. Again, it is only Monday. Offers are coming in for Ananobi. Offers are coming in for Siakam. Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. are in a different category. Yeah, we know all that stuff. They just fade that out. Uh, the, the, big, the, the important thing there is that the vultures are circling the raps, obviously. They're clearly, and we've heard this forever, they're the ones that are going to determine what happens at the deadline. Mm-hmm. For a long time, it felt like Chicago and Washington and Toronto were going to be like in this, who moves first, who acts first. Yep. And then all of a sudden, Washington went, I think we're going to try to keep Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> and now Kyle Kuzma looks like he's going to end up on a big contract extension with Washington. They're going to tie their future to... Bradley Beal, although I'm Washington, I'm trying to trade Bradley Beal right now, but all of a sudden Washington sort of dropped out. 
Yeah. The Bulls started winning some games, and then the DeRozan, Vucevic stuff sort of died down. And I also think that really we were only talking about the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And they went, what's this really doing for us? Yeah. Is this really worth the two first to try to get Vucevic and DeRozan? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it just felt like the Raptors were the one team standing. They're the main character at this point. That's it. Everybody's circling. Everybody's buzzing. But it was a little terrifying to hear that the Raptors would – I get – valuing a guy like OG Ananobi. Yeah. My fear is the overvaluing a guy you know and a guy that you love, just like anything. Yeah. Because if multiple first-round picks are on the table, if lottery pick caliber players like Dyson Daniels are available, then you you got to sell high. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you just yeah. you have to make a pivot with this team at some point. you got to sell high. Bobby Marks, front office insider for ESPN, one of the absolute best. Good morning, Bobby. Thanks for doing this uh, during a busy time, pal. Good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, good. I'm um, just getting, again, like we're refreshing, you know, so that we're waiting for guys <laughs> like you to tweet and your colleagues. All right. That's what we're doing. Uh, we're all just kind of staring at the Bluebird app and just like, yeah, hey, what are the Raptors going to do? So um, let's just start with this. Do you, how do you think the Kyrie sure. trade impacted the Toronto Raptors specifically and just like the trade market? Yeah. I mean, I think it impacts it because now Brooklyn has additional assets. Um, you know, they've got, uh, that 2029 first from Dallas and they've got two other firsts that they can use in a, in a deal. So that's three first round picks you can put in there. And, um, you know, you get Dinwiddie and you get Finney Smith. So does it make you want to go out and get Fred Van Vliet or can you have enough to go get, try to get OG? I mean, if I'm Toronto, I would certainly want Nick Claxton. Right. So mm-hmm. like, it's a matter of, you know, you know, it's funny, like you look at all these teams here and it's really like Toronto is really, that's like the only thing of value out there. Like everybody's staring at Toronto. I don't like things in Charlotte or certainly Utah here, but yeah, I mean, whether it be Pascal or Fred or Gary or, um, or OG here, like those are your kind of like your four players that everybody is, is staring at. And I think Masai certainly if the goal is to move off one or two of those players could, could start a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a bidding war here. I think what, what Kyrie is, I think we're, We'll probably see a little bit of a point guard shuffle here, whether it's been him or Mike Conley or D'Angelo Russell or um, or Fred. You know that that takes a team out of the market, and we'll see where the Clipper team like the Clippers, who could really use a guard. Um, you know what happens with them over the next uh, next few days here. So um, yeah, I mean I don't know how you know it, it doesn't automatically now. Toronto becomes a, a seller. No, but I just think teams kind of built up their assets a little bit more than, than what they didn't have, you know, last week, let's say. What that noise in the background is like, is that the bell? Is that alarm? Do you know something yeah, right I'm now? Actually like, gonna, I'm actually in the, uh, Actually, in the NFL studios okay. here, and it's like mass construction <laughs> okay. going on. So I was going to say, is that the, the thing? I was like, tell us what they're they're sending through the wire, Bobby. Like, let no, us know what it's no, saying no. on that on that big alarm. Um, I think no. if the Raptors make a trade with the Nets, um, one, I I don't think I can watch Nick Claxton shoot free throws for the next bunch of seasons. It's just like it's so painful watching guys get lane violations on him. I'm like, that's not fair. That's there's no such thing as a lane violation if you triple clutch a free throw. Um, I can't do the Ben Simmons thing, which is a contract that maybe they would need to match up some of the stuff, but it is interesting. Like you mentioned the guard market for Fred. Maybe that's a little bigger. Maybe D'Angelo Russell has played himself into staying. He's got the relationship with towns who knows there like Mike Connolly and Fred between those two players. It's pretty clear. Like the guy that an organization want, but the rest of it with OG, 
The, the Kevin Durant part of this made me rethink what happens with OG's value. Because if you're the Pelicans or Memphis, two of the teams rumored to be, yeah, trying to outbid each other for OG and Anobi services, how do you make a move like that when Kevin Durant might be there in an offseason and you have all those assets? Like, do you think that... That's, yeah. Yeah, do you yeah, think exactly. that maybe some of those teams are going to come off the board for OG because everyone's going to sort of wait and see what happens with Kevin Durant over the next 48 hours? I, yeah, I think we should have a better idea probably within the next, I guess, within the next 24 hours with, uh, with Durant. I just think that, you know, I think teams, I know everyone would love to get Kevin Durant, and whether it be June or in two days, but I think if you're looking at Memphis or even New Orleans, I know they haven't played well here. I mean, the Western Conference mm-hmm. is so open, yeah. right? Like, you, here's your opportunity to go out and get a good player, really good player. And I think the other thing, too, is in, in just talking with teams, is that the CBA stuff is kind of, you know, kind of holding things up a little bit here because of, you know, like, I, and I've talked about with regarding OG and other players, like the extension rules, right? Mm-hmm. I think if, if teams had an idea that the extension, some of these extension rules gets, you know, tweaked and you can extend him in the off season to more money than what he's eligible for. I think teams are probably a little bit more aggressive, but the league is really not telling anybody, you know, what's going to change or what's on the horizon here. So that kind of, clouds things a little bit here but yeah i mean the durant thing um certainly you put you know it's basically we're back to july and teams are a little bit in a holding pattern because they're not sure what brooklyn will do um Mm -hmm. i but i do think the dallas trade signaled um that brooklyn was open for business to upgrade the roster and not tear down because i think if 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 they wanted just to trade durant they would have just done the, the westbrook trade you know, I mean, they would have just done the two ones and take back Westbrook and maybe something else here, and then you just then you just build your your draft assets up here. But um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the market right now. The interesting thing for KD from just a legacy standpoint is, I thought this is sort of goodish for him. He's still the guy that made the decision to pair up with Kyrie. He's still the yeah. guy that helped push his organization to go get James Harden and. It, it didn't, obviously, it was horrific, you know? Um, your colleague, Kendrick Perkins, was like, there's going to be a 30 for 30 on this someday, and I went, we don't need it. We know what happened. <laughs> no, we're good. <laughs> yeah, like, who's, we're good. <laughs> who's watching this? Who wants to be like, hey, guess what? These All these weirdos got together, and they didn't like playing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, we got it. No, there, if there's a 30 for 30 to be made, it will be yeah. on Perk's former team in Oklahoma City. Yes, right? 100%. Like, the one we would all want to watch. Not, not, not on the eight games in Brooklyn yeah. and the, in the, in the Milwaukee series here. Yeah. No, I mean. I mean, listen, like I would say this to, to, you know, and everyone is saying this was a disaster all along, but any out of the 30 teams, you know, everyone would have signed Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant of course. Whatever it was four years ago, right? If you all yeah. had cap space and you didn't have to give up a draft pick or trade player, everybody would have. What happened was the Harden trade. Yeah. The Harden trade screwed up everything, and it basically it set the wheels in motion for – Jared Allen and Karis LeVert and then Harden out and then, you know, draft picks and Ben Simmons. And now you're like, it just snowballed here. So I, I get it. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the price of doing business. And I give Durant credit because he's like the last man standing. I, I kind of found it funny, Jason Kidd in this press conference yesterday. And I, I love Jason um, just from when he was in New Jersey, but said that, you know, we need to look at Kurt Kyrie for what he's done, the, the good he's done on the court and off the court. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. He's, he's asked to be traded twice. The last four years in Brooklyn was a complete disaster every year. Mm-hmm. He reneged on resigning in Boston and he has to be traded in Cleveland. Like, okay. Away like, from LeBron. Like, what, 
<laughs> like, I get he's done a lot of good off the court here. He has done a lot of good things off the court, but on the court, he's he's been a train wreck. No, it's it's been a disaster, and I, there, there's a weird part of me that I like the trade because I just feel like Kyrie is going to do his absolute best to secure another massive contract. But we'll have 40 tomorrow night, and we'll be like, whoa. That's man, what I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's going to go, wow, this is so great. Look at the two of these guys because they're both so aesthetically pleasing. They should fit perfectly together on the floor. I would imagine Kyrie is smart enough to know, hey, just keep your head down, play ball, go on a deep playoff run next to Luka Doncic and get another huge contract. But if you're Dallas, like the idea of giving him the, that next money or any team for that matter, it's like that's – that's that's going to become immediately one of the worst deals in sports history. Like it's just there's just no way that that ends up being a good deal. The next contract Kyrie signs, but I do, I do like it for KD because of that reason, and I hope that he stays in Brooklyn and identifies. Okay, we have a bunch of different pieces to move. We can kind of reconfigure this roster. Maybe I'll stay out of it this time, just a little bit. We're sneaky deep. We need what like a backup center, maybe somebody else who can shoot, maybe somebody else who can create for themselves. We'll see maybe how the Dinwiddie thing. Uh, I don't. I guess they don't get to play together, but I, I kind of like those players that they brought in. So yeah, I just, I hope he stays with Brooklyn, but if I'm a team like the Grizzlies or the Timberwolves and I've been, you know, floundering, like what both teams, I think are two and eight in their last 10. They just, they, they've yeah. been awful. The OG trade seemed like manna from heaven and a desperate swing flat West. Now all of a sudden, if I'm those two teams and I'm going, I have that Lakers pick, I have young players that we can move We've got some contracts. We have to wait and see on KD. We can't take the OG swing. Or do you see it the other way where it's like, hey, maybe some, maybe KD doesn't move and there's no year like now. So we need to, like, there's even more impetus to do this. And because maybe the other one drops out. Like, do you, what's your sense of OG getting moved ahead of the deadline? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like the approach that New York has, took with Mitch Donovan Mitchell, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, there's going to be another guy there, and, and maybe there never is another, another guy, or you're going to be waiting for a long time. I just think, as I said, like, you look at this Western Conference in Denver, certainly I think there's separation from them, but everyone else, even Memphis right now, who's not played well, and there's little, you know, that roster's a little funky, um, you know, there's you can make a compelling argument for anyone, and Memphis might think they're one wing, big wing away, and mm-hmm. they can. It's worth the risk of trading multiple draft picks and a young player and an expiring contract. And the same with, you know, New Orleans is more interesting just because Brandon Ingram hadn't played, hasn't played well from that injury, and I think he's still going to get Zion back. Do they think that when Zion comes back, they can get back in the top four or five? That's going to be a challenge here. So I think if, if, if I was in those front offices and the price wasn't outlandish, you I mean outlandish is like a Donovan Mitchell type package. Mm-hmm. If I can, if I can trade multiple two ones and a pick swap or, and, and do something like that, I'm, I'm being aggressive. And if, if Kevin Durant became available, then he can't, becomes available, but I'm, I'm worried about trying to, you know, trying to win, you know, get out of the Western conference this year. Yeah. It seems like OG is the best guy available. Um, it just, it does feel weird. It's like there's the Kevin Durant part of this, but then there's also the Siakam part of it, which is, I, I wonder how he's viewed around front offices as a guy that could be had during the off season. Well, he's, he'll be going on an expiring contract, right? So that's going to be the big thing. And he's like, certainly extension eligible in the off season. And that could be the guy, right? Like that, and, and that could be the guy that teams will target, um, based on what happens in the next, um, you know, two or three months here. I, I don't believe like 
um, you know, you mentioned like Ben Simmons, right? Like mm-hmm. some, some people, I went on radio yesterday and, and they asked me the value of Ben Simmons. And I said, there is no value to Ben Simmons. And people went crazy. Like, wait a minute. And I said, no, every, every player can get traded, right? Like that's yeah. not the case. But from where Ben Simmons was two or three years ago to where he is now, like now you're at a position where you got to add draft compensation with Ben Simmons for a team to take him for you to upgrade your roster. And until he gets on the court and in, until he shows that he's reliable, there is no value, right? Like, I don't know what he does for Toronto, um, you know, as far as for, and you have him for another two years. Like, I just don't know, unless you're getting Claxton and Cam Thomas and some other stuff with him, um, like, it just, it, 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 it just doesn't make sense. So, uh, Gary Trent Jr. wants a crazy amount of money, right? This offseason is part of the reason yeah. that the Raptors are going to move off him. Uh, someone's really going to give him that money, Bobby? Well, I mean, will someone give him what twenty two, twenty three million? That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot for your, for you know, your probably your fourth best player, your third best player here. And I think the market is what the market is. I mean, I mean, you look at the teams that are going to have room. It's basically a lot of the same teams from this past year: the Indiana, the San Antonio, the Orlando, Houston. I mean, we go to go down a list of teams, all rebuilds, right? Mm-hmm. Can you afford to pay Gary Trent Jr. four years? I don't know, ninety million dollars. Hundred million dollars. That's that is pretty pricey. And I think before he opts out of that number, um, I think his agents will, you know, canvas and see if they can they can get a deal that tops, you know, twenty million dollars. I do think it's going to be, you know, a little bit of a struggle. But as you guys know, it just takes one team. Yeah, just uh, we keep hearing here that he wants the the Tyler Hero money. And yeah, there's nights where he can fill it up and he looks great. But as someone who watches him every night, it's like he he never passes. He hates it. Um, like it's, it's poison to him. He's like, I just, there's no, like the, the amount of Raptors reacting to Gary Trent looking them off. Like, I'd love to see that highlight compilation because it, it would actually be a really, really good one. I urge someone who's listening. I think it'll be inter- yeah. I think it'll be interesting where Jordan Clarkson comes in. Right. I mean, I think that's probably more of a comp uh, for me. I mean, it's Jordan Clarkson, 18, 19 million. I know he's a little bit older, but I just, I also said, done when more. I wrote that, yeah, and I and I wrote about you know why Toronto. Everyone's saying, well, why would Toronto be interested? Why would they want to move off? I said, well, are you comfortable paying your fourth or fifth plus best player? Mm-hmm. You know, twenty twenty three, twenty four. Mm-hmm. You got to have economic responsibility. Like that's the you know that's the, the end goal here is that you just can't pay five guys twenty four, twenty five million dollars plus. Yeah, I just I I think that it's pretty clear Masai isn't going to just lose him for nothing. So if I had to project, you know, who ends up going, he's got to be number one. But yeah, Masai's reputation as a hard dealer, like we were playing a clip from Mark Stein earlier about how, you know, teams are calling about OG, teams are calling about Siakam, but he's reluctant to move off of these guys. Mm -hmm. We've seen it in the past where he wouldn't budge on his price on Kyle Lowry, although I do think that's a little overstated because I think the price on Kyle Lowry came so low that he just went, screw it, we'll, we'll roll this over. Like when the Lakers went, we're not giving you Talon Horton Tucker, it was like, okay, well, fine. We'll just play this out. Like, it does get turned a little bit into mythos about Masai, right? Like it was like he was offered Maxi and said, no, it's like, uh, I, I don't know. It seems like that wasn't what was going on. It seems like just nobody wanted to give anything up for Lowry. But yeah, do you think there's a realistic chance here that he's a guy who, despite all of this, despite all this noise, like we end up seeing one minor Gary Trent trade and then the rest of the roster stands pat? Yeah, I mean, I would think I would be surprised if there was no tr- trade in Toronto um, in the next few days. And I, as you mentioned, I think if there was one, 
I think it would be, you know, it would be Gary. Um, I think, you know, it's similar to 21, I guess, but, you know, you were, they, were in, they were in Tampa with, with Kyle and Norm, right? Um, and then you figure out what you want to do with, uh, with Fred in, in the offseason here. But, I, I mean, I dealt, I've dealt with Masai when I was in New Jersey, when he was in Denver. Yeah, he's hard. I mean, he's really hard, and, but he's, he's fair at the end of the day. And I think you, it, it's hard because these are the guys that he has drafted, right? Like, these are the guys that he found and stuff. And he's not just going to give away guys. Because, you know, the Nets are willing to give up, you know, two first round picks and Joe Harris for, for, you know, like that's not going to work. So he'll hold out for the best deal. And if it's not there, he'll, you know, you'll wait into the offseason. Is there any reluctance around the league, like from other front offices to deal with you, Jerry, given that his trade history has been really so one sided? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's kind of with Danny Ainge too, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, Danny Ainge's got a really strong track record here. I do think, I think you have to know, like, you know, what your principles are, right? Like, and I think desperation, you know, I think he knows when teams are desperate. When teams are desperate, you know, Dallas was desperate to do a deal for Kyrie Irving, and I think teams, you know, Brooklyn probably sensed that. And I think, you know, if if um, if he has an inclination that you know Brooklyn needs to make a trade to keep the Kevin Durant in a Nets uniform, he will ask for everything in the moon and then some, because that's what you're supposed to do. God, Danny Ainge, like if he's going to go down as we're, we're going to look back on history, especially the way that we all love picks, like how, and everyone's like picks are what's best, you know, picks baby and swaps. And we're going to look back on some of his deals and just be like, what? He was the greatest. He's going to have statues. <laughs> like they're going to, a hundred years from now, there's going to be Danny Ainge statues for all the picks they trade for. Um, last one, uh, because of that Danny Ainge trade, the Rudy Gobert deal, yeah. um, everyone has kind of said over and over again that the, the prices are so astronomical on a lot of these guys. Like it just, it's screwed with the market so heavily. Is that added impetus for the Raptors to move a player like OG in the sense of like, do you think that right now teams are going to be willing to move picks, future assets because that market has, has shifted so drastically, but that like eventually this thing is going to come back down to earth. Yeah. I mean, eventually that, you know, instead of, you know, nine teams controlling all their seven, you know, their first round picks in the next seven years, it's the list will start to grow. I think there will always be a market for trading unprotected first. I mean, Dallas just gave up a 2029 unprotected for, for basically four months of Kyrie Irving. So there'll always be that. I just, it's, it's, it'll, it'll be hard for teams, you know, for three or four, four first round picks and pick swaps, um, you know, based on what just happened with Gobert, which just what happened with, with Donovan Mitchell here, because as I said this summer, you only have one swing at it, right? Like if you're going to do one of these type deals and you're going to give up basically everything, mm-hmm. and if you don't get it right, you're either going to be in a lottery or you're going to be fired. I mean, that's the, that's the reality of it. Uh, Bobby, uh, we always appreciate your insight. Again, thanks so much for coming on during, yeah, such a busy time. And I'm glad that they, you have so much sway at ESPN that they just stopped the construction for you. You just shot somebody <laughs> some side eye and they were like, stop pressing all those loud the, buttons. No, I used my, I used my <laughs> noggin and went in the hallway. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah let's just keep the myth alive. Uh, Bobby Marks, ESPN front office insider. Thanks as always, man. Talk to you soon. Yep. You got it. Appreciate it. See you, man. Um, okay. A couple things off that. This is this is my this is my main fear with the OG thing. It just it really felt like everything was breaking perfectly for them that one of these teams was going to get desperate. Mm-hmm. And then 
Memphis has been so bad and New Orleans has been so bad. There's more of a case for New Orleans because the Zion thing, it's just, it could, it could just not work at any given time. Yeah. But some of the other pieces like, yeah, Brandon Ingram struggling the way that he has and stay, struggling to stay healthy. You would have to imagine that they would look at this and go, Ugh, maybe we wait on the KD thing. Maybe we try and pair KD with Zion and we use a bunch of these picks and players and whatever the hell mm-hmm. to get in on that in the off season. Like, I wonder if Memphis and New Orleans have been so bad that they now look at it and go, I don't know if this is our year. There's more of a case for Memphis to load up, use yeah. the Golden State future first. But are you using those pieces now if KD and Siakam are both out there mm-hmm. during the off season? Because you kind of... Unless you win a championship, you could look really stupid if someone ends up getting one of those two players and you could have been the team that put together the best trade package for either of them. Yeah. And so now that feeling like Bobby was talking about of the one team that gets desperate, the one team that needs to do it, I don't, I don't really get the sense that anybody in Memphis or New Orleans is going to lose a job from the front office if they, if they don't make it work this year because they have so many assets and because those moves are still available to them. Yeah. Like we're entering an off season where there could be probably, there, there could just be, be more player movement than we originally thought there was going to be. Uh, yeah. To me, this is, it's been such a weird up and down roller coaster of trying to read the tea leaves and what is going <laughs> to happen. But to me, it's, it's now feeling more and more like Gary Trent was always basically a certainty to get traded. Yep. And that Fred Van Vliet, if that guard market gets nuts from a timeline standpoint, I'm not really sure how Messiah and Bobby are going to make the case that giving Fred that Tyler hero money makes sense too. like yeah. both Fred and Gary want cash mm. and Fred Van Vliet's clearly the better bet, but he's going into his thirties and we've already seen signs of decline. Yeah. And if you give him that contract and things don't work out again next year, what's the move? Like what, 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 what are you doing with that then? It's pretty clear that there was some, yeah, ruffling of the feathers for Fred when it came to his role. And if you want Scotty with the ball in his hands more, then that means more Van Vliet playing off the ball, which means that he's probably not as happy. Mm-hmm. He's going to buy in for money, right? Like yeah. everybody will. You, if you're the Raptors, you sit him down and go, don't worry, we're going to pay for your market value. We're going to give you that Tyler Hero contract. We're going to give you close to $30 million a year, whatever. He's going to be fine. Fred's a leader. He's a tough guy. (laughs) Blake was on here last week talking about still, like, despite all this noise, he's helped keep that Raptors locker room together. He's clearly respected, revered, all those different things. There's there's a case to be made for paying him. I just don't see the timeline thing matching up anymore. And I think from a fit standpoint, a value standpoint, it just makes more sense to move off of Fred Van Vliet now and try to figure out, you know, an entirely new backcourt moving forward around Scotty Barnes. The, the spooky one is what happened with OG. Yeah. And whether or not that... If if a team is not willing to come crazy over the top with that offer, if you're Masai, you probably do hold out now thinking, okay, if someone doesn't hit on Durant in the offseason, if he decides to stay put, now I've got two guys that I could potentially move in trades and maybe still get the same package. The only difference is... If, and I, this is a, a strong if, because I, I'm feeling like if that Lakers pick was on the table from New Orleans, the Raptors would 100% do it. It's just, it's such a valuable lottery ticket at this point. And yeah. again, you're, 
Like the Lakers are probably going to try and do something. I still really hope that it's the trade that I pitched months ago, which is Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent for Russell Westbrook. You buy him out. You take two Lakers first. Mm. Yeah. That would be a coup for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Like a true bona fide. Oh my God. I cannot believe Masai got that done trade. And it's really good for the Lakers. I've just all along. This has been the one for me. Like you want Kyrie. He's a great creator, but the Lakers need shooting so badly, yeah. and both those guys can shoot the hell out of the basketball. Both those guys have big-time playoff experience. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you look at the Lakers roster and say, so you would have, if Anthony Davis is healthy, him, LeBron, Fred, and Gary surrounding like LeBron going to the basket? I like that. Like yeah. I, I really like that. Still don't think it happens, but I like it. I'm I'm less confident than I was going into the weekend that OG gets moved. It just the the smell test is starting to get a little stranger, and I feel like Masai loves him so much that a team does have to do a crazy, crazy, crazy trade. Yeah, I just don't know how again how a front office justifies that when yeah, Siakam is better than him, and the price point feels like the way that it's gone this deadline. Like how different is it? Like if you're a team and you're going to try to talk the Raptors off Siakam. Are they really not moving Siakam if the the trade is New Orleans giving up Daniels and multiple firsts and like yeah even that feels <laughs> like you do that for Siakam yeah and the forward market's been completely like all the eyes are on Durant now now that's, that Kyrie's that's it out. it's like it just it feels the eyes have shifted maybe, essentially maybe I'm completely misreading this maybe it doesn't end up being this way but yeah it feels like it's all of a sudden harder to move those guys. The Nets are... Uh, the Nets want everybody on the Yeah, raps. but the fact that... So this is smoke season, right? There's all this stuff that gets out there and there's all this buzz that you don't have to pay attention to. Like yeah. I said, the Ben Simmons to Toronto thing, I just, I don't see that happening. No. But hearing Bobby talk about the value of Nick Claxton and potentially Dinwiddie going into trade to the Raptors and Cam Thomas, who you'd be buying at the absolute highest of highs, back-to-back 40-point mm-hmm. games... And he is a bucket. Like, there's yeah. no question he's actually, like, and he scored in college. He's yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. He can score, okay? That 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 kid's not like a flash in he the pan. He was scoring in his first year, too. Yeah, I don't I don't think that he's this, obviously, every single night. He's not, you know, going to be one of the best scorers in the NBA. But yeah. he, he can give you a bucket. Yeah. But he's an undersized guard who doesn't, yeah, give you a lot else. Mm-hmm. But hearing Bobby say those names and then multiple firsts for potentially getting in on the OG sweepstakes or trying to get in on the Siakam sweepstakes, Mm -hmm. that just makes me feel like there's no way New Orleans and Memphis are offering the types of packages that we were kind of hoping for when we heard the outbidding each other reports. Yeah. Because, like, that's not in the same stratosphere of value, those guys and those Nets picks. Yeah. The picks the Nets have, it's like Dallas is future first. Who really cares? You have Luka. (laughs) Unless, you know, he has a catastrophic injury, he should be okay there. Yeah. They have the Sixers pick this year. Which you know, most of their much. future firsts and are tied up into the Houston trades. Yeah. Like they have three firsts, but they're not valuable ones. Mm-hmm. What you were really hoping for in an OG trade was a high upside young player, yeah. maybe another good role player, and then a massively coveted potential lottery pick from a team like New Orleans yeah. or the future Golden State pick from Memphis along with what their 2023 was. If you can land that, you have to do it if you're Masai. If it's less than that, you might be able to just holster it and look going to the offseason and say, yeah, 
we'll continue to wait on these deals. We'll end up moving it. But it yeah, all who's sudden, available now type of thing because it all changes right yeah. when you get to the offseason. But it does feel a lot like that Tampa year all of a sudden where it's like the Raptors aren't the worst team, but they are going to try to tank. But all of a sudden their like legacy leader guard is available, but they might not move him because he can still be moved in the offseason and they're going to try to flip mm-hmm. the asset they got for Norm Powell and Gary Trent Jr. for probably like player who is under control for longer or younger like Gary Trent Jr. That's probably their (laughs) ideal trade is just kind of pushing that down the line, continuously getting a decent bench scorer who can shoot threes and getting them on two-year deals. Yeah, it has some team control. The whole thing that's been weird to me about like this trade season in particular is like, you know, the Raptors generally are a team where you just don't hear a lot of stuff coming out of the front office. And like there has been so much smoke over the last couple weeks and I know, and as you said, like, you know, half the smoke you hear these, these days, you can just ignore, but it's been so hard to kind of navigate what, like, what exactly is true, especially uh-huh. because like, you're not used to anything coming out of the front I don't office. think any of their trade stuff is too real. Like, again, it just seems to be the same thing. Like Stein said it, where it's teams are circling, right. teams are asking, Masai is holding a very strong public appearance of, oh, I'm not just trading these guys. These guys are not for sale. He's not going to let that be out there because he's never going to put himself into a position like that. Hey, someone must go. However, the big thing that is not um, a secret is that the Raptors have been pretty dysfunctional this year and they don't play well together. And like, yeah, the Gary Trent, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like watch the Raptors games. And I, you know, I get frustrated at times because people are always like, I, I joke about this, but it is true that if you look at Raptors social media, it's toxic positivity where people are like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But for the most part, it's like even some of the most popular people are like, uh, this doesn't look good. If you watch basketball and you watch other teams play or you've watched even like five years of Raptors basketball, mm-hmm. this is not a good body language mm-hmm. team. No. Yeah, they have moments where Fred is proud of Scotty Barnes. Like, yeah, no duh. But yeah. these are not guys that look happy with one another. Yeah. There's also... This isn't even about making the playoffs because clearly like the ceiling of this year's team is even if they make the playoffs because they have a light schedule down the stretch and their guys don't burn out, they're going to get waxed in a first yeah. round series. Like, oh, they're not 100%. they're not going past the first round. They're not doing anything. That's what Masai has argued against. I'm not even sure that you need those reps for Barnes at this point. Like no. They might not even get past the playoffs. Yeah, but that's exactly right. And yeah. so, but there is a, there's a kind of a bad chemistry mix that you keep seeing on the floor yeah. and either they're going to just say this is all Nick Nurse's fault and they move off of him in the offseason they bring the gang back they try to bring back a pick or they have to move a couple of guys and not just Gary Trent Jr. because the, the current mix that they have it, it's just it's not working something has to happen and that part of the equation I don't think gets talked about enough yeah. it's like Masai is going to have a really good grip on that yeah. And that would be a huge mistake if he ends up being like, I can fix this, I can fix this. They end up next year and guys are still unhappy. Like the OG being unhappy thing, that's obviously real. Yeah. Like people coming on here, like Jake Fisher saying, hey, his agent was sniffing around that trade. That that This has been a while now where we've heard about the OG stuff, about yeah. the role, the role, the role, the role, the yeah. role. I, I don't think that that's just a concocted rumor and that that's all BS. I think yeah. that's real at this point. Um, the body language of the team, that is real at this point. The team having Fred Van Vliet be on a podcast with J.J. Redick talking about their own team not really being sure what they are. Are they the future of Scotty? They feel the same thing that the rest of us do when we're watching it, which is what? Where's the? what is the direction the of direction? this team? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are we and who are we and what are we doing here? 
And so I think we're moving on. We got a break. What's up, Joe? What do you got? I was say, are you more in the camp of sell now or wait until the summer now? Well, again, it, it depends. But if I if you find out that the Raptors were offered three firsts plus a good player for OG and they don't pull the trigger on that, I think that's a mistake. Yeah, I, like, I would agree. I, I, I don't I like OG Ananobi. Mm-hmm. He's, again, one of my favorite Raptors. I don't know why I have to even qualify this. You should know this. OG <laughs> hasn't played... He hasn't played more than, like... Yeah, it's like 43 games. games played, 48 games Some played, Some of that's pandemic, 65. but it's like, yeah, 43, 48. Yeah. And then this season we'll end up seeing, but he's not a guy that's been able to stay healthy for long periods of time. Yeah. He's not a creator on his own. He can get you a basket, but it's always like people overrate the points per game. It's like... Mm-hmm. he's very empowered on this team to be able to kind of do his dribble drive game. He's a good cutter. He gets open. He's like a good score, but yeah, it's not like, you know, we keep looking at the averages. Like again, somebody told me, was he overages more points than Mikhail Bridges? I'm like, come on, man, you got to be able to dribble and create your shot off the bounce <laughs> to be like a score, like a go-to scorer. And OG's yeah. not that he's freakishly strong. He can get to the basket. He can, he can hit that jump shot within like 16, 15 feet at a way better rate. Can hit a corner three. Yeah, he can hit a corner three. He's mm-hmm. a good three-point shooter. You know, year over year, he's basically like a 37% guy. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that there's, just like anybody, he's a little overrated in this market, and probably his own president, Masai Ujiri, overrates him because they drafted, developed him, and took him from being, what, the 21st pick in the draft into being a guy that teams want to give up three first for mm-hmm. like might even be later. Might've been 23. I think it was 23. Yeah. Yeah. 23rd overall. Yeah. Anyway, um, quick break. Let's come back. It's super bowl week. So finally it's time to start giving some picks. Finally. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> uh, we're going to do prop a day. So anyway, quick break and I'll, I'll give you my prop of the day. Sportsnet 590, the fan. All right, it's time for action brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app to get in the action. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. So I mentioned it. I'm going to do a prop a day up until the Super Bowl. Friday, we'll do way more of a blowout and do like all of our bets. Maybe, you know, consolidate what we've all done, how Mm -hmm. we feel, maybe change our minds. Line it all up. But uh, I'm going to start off with... I actually did give a pick last week for the Super Bowl, which was I liked defensive linemen to win mm. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Not like as a favorite pick. It's a good long shot. Yeah. It was, it's 25 to one. Mm-hmm. And I went through and I mentioned all the good defensive linemen in this game. And it's like, yeah, there's, there's definitely paths to that. Like the idea of you getting, you're basically paying plus 900 for Travis Kelsey to win MVP um, versus that group of linemen. Yeah, it's a little. It's it's not the best value to well, me. After anyway. what we've seen too, it's not unbelievable. Um, this one is a minus number, so it's kind of cowardly. Mm. I'll get more aggressive. I went plus twenty five hundred to start. Okay. Okay. True. But I don't know how you don't bet a Travis Kelsey touchdown. Mm. Like any time TD for Travis Kelsey, uh, he scores every week. Like he gets a <laughs> touchdown every single week in every single playoff game. And if you look at you know, Kansas City, how beat up they are at receiver. I just, I can't imagine not taking the guy that has three touchdowns in his last two playoff games. Like minus 135, I feel like it's still a really, really good price considering that, yeah, every week you see 
like lock running backs as they put them, right? Like Mm -hmm. the guys who tout the rock and who get the goal line touches, you'll see them as anytime scorers closer to minus 200. So I don't really get this number. It, It to me, like minus 135 for Travis Kelsey or plus 115 for Isaiah Pacheco. I would assume the Kelsey touchdown being our lower value is because they haven't allowed it. The Eagles have not allowed a touchdown to a tight end since week nine. Yeah, I know. I think that's a super overrated yeah. stat. I'm just saying, like, I'm guessing I, that's why maybe that goes into it. A hundred percent. It, it, it probably goes into it. Yeah. I think it's crazy. Travis Kelsey gets goal line looks. He's not a regular he, tight end. <laughs> he's going to, they, they run that shovel pass play yeah. for him. Yeah. Yeah. They are going to be able to like throw him a jump ball. There's just so many different ways that he can do it. Break a one tackle, like long play, short play, whatever. Travis Kelsey, to me, if you're betting on anybody, well, actually the odds do reflect that he is the most likely to score at minus 135. Yeah. But I think it's nuts that he's that close to guys like Pacheco. And I don't see a crazy amount of value for Chiefs players when it comes to touchdowns, unless you start to get into like the crazy long shots, like, I shouldn't even say crazy. I kind of don't mind the Sky Moore plus 650. And so a lot, you know, what's a sexy one is a lot of people are in on Jordy Fortson. Jordy Fortson? Yeah, the like third backup tight end. Oh, yeah, I know. It's like plus 1300. That's a name I didn't think would come up. I know. Well, (laughs) Noah Gray is plus 650, but apparently Jody Fortson is a guy that people are like, he's a dog. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's one. Uh, anyways, I'll I'll do one every day, and yeah, I'll get you guys in the mix more. But this is going to be a shorter one today. That was time yeah. for action. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app to get in the action. Must be 19 plus. Must be in Ontario. Please play responsibly. I really like my uh, my Super Bowl special for tomorrow. Just saying, like I could get more aggressive and a little sexier throughout the week. Let's start with a little taste. It's just like, hey, grab Travis Kelsey now because it's going to move. Right? It already has. It was minus 125. Now it's minus 135. Uh, quick break, then let's come back. Uh, we're getting an all-star game, another one. NBA one was kind of good. Oh, it was pretty good. It was a good event. It was a good event. Great dunk contest. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. One of the best. Yeah. Will the NHL skills comp compare to that dunk contest? Uh, the accuracy <laughs> competition. Yeah. Uh, I got some thoughts on how to make the all-star game better. And is the city of Toronto overrated? Quick break. Let's come back. Let's talk about it. A new NFL. So, my buddy Sam McKee is here from Leafs Talk. Subscribe and review. Back this week. Um, last 30 games of the Leafs season. But, yeah, this isn't going to be a Leafs block whatsoever. I want all of us, Simon, Joe, Sammy, and I, to kind of weigh in on. So, Toronto got the All-Star game. And these are my first thoughts. Number one is... Last time we had an all-star game here in 2016, it was so cold that we had to basically apologize to the world for like <laughs> three years. Like every time yeah, someone, sucked. it was on, the event was amazing. I got some of the best stories of my life from being at some of those all-star game parties. Cause I got to help produce the event. Bumping shoulders. Oh, I was bumping shoulders by <laughs> that guy. Marshawn Lynch, me and him. Ooh, tight, yeah, thick man. as thieves. Yeah. I remember a certain story for yeah. that night of a yeah. certain flash photography. Me, <laughs> me having to ask John Stewart if I could get an interview with him and being actually quaking in my boots, and then he said no, and I've never felt more relief in my life. <laughs> John Stewart, as in the, yeah, the Daily, Daily Show. Show. Yeah. Wow. So you sit in courtside, right? And I was you walking asked around for an interview. Had to. Did yeah. You ask him to interview him. Yeah. What the hell would you ask him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember Daily Show? 
That was awesome. Out of Will Ferrell. Like, that's that was all, a sick No, dude, interview. it would have been genuinely the worst moment of my life. And, and like, he... And he would have tried to be funny, too, and his guy, sure. No, oh, dude. He would have been thank, like, I'm funny, too. John Stewart, God. funniest guy ever. Honestly, thank God. <laughs> yes. No, that was a really, really fun weekend. Yes, yeah. I got to rub some shoulders. I'll always be grateful to James Hinchcliffe for... Uh, being cool and oh, helping, yeah, yeah. you know, me stand around an area <laughs> it was like with Snoop Dogg in the same booth as him. It was great. It was a great weekend. All the NBA All-Stars from my youth, like it was a really, really fun event. But the NBA All-Star game is uh, much better than the NHL All-Star game. Mm -hmm. um, I think this one is going to be a little lame. Uh, these guys also really love to go to warm weather climates. And all I'm just thinking of with the weather was, yeah, people are in Florida. They're having a good time. They're wearing their outfits. They're walking around and... It's going to be in Toronto in February, and I thought, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Although, quick February Toronto update, it's warm outside, yeah. which is sneaky the most hilarious thing ever because Ben Ennis almost died out in the frigid cold <laughs> trying to make that stupid <laughs> rink. No, no joke. Hey, you're too hard on him about this. <laughs> no, dude. He, they, like, you didn't appreciate the effort enough. I, I do, was No, you didn't. Funny. I had him on my show like a couple days after just to be like, Ben, I appreciate your effort. You were just like, you bozo, man. He's a bozo. No, he's, he's trying that effort. Buddy, it's a college try. I respect he, it. First of all, he stood up. So I went over to his place on Friday. Okay. And he, uh, first of all, I don't know if anybody saw my Instagram story. Most disgusting car I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. Like, I actually. Dirty car. He, the, guy, the guy lives in there. No, he's. You were driving that thing every day. My car would look exactly the same. If, no, I, was, if I was commuting. You'd from have work, 20 bags. Dude, he has 20 bags of crispy minis. Like, I don't understand why he needs so many. <laughs> crispy minis? What's that? Rice cakes. And he's like, oh, I, I love the snack, but he's got 20 bags <laughs> and of. And that's the crummiest. crummiest. <laughs> no, dude, he's the crummiest snack for the crummiest guy. For the crumb bum. Uh, so they're just everywhere. There's gum, uh, like loose gum everywhere. I'm going, what is going on here? Anyways, disheveled. Yes. But I just, I couldn't stop laughing because his wife told me that he stood outside so long mm. on Wednesday, freezing that rink over and working on it that like he got so sick, he couldn't go into work on oh, Thursday no. that he cramped up and he was toast. He was just done. He couldn't get out of bed for a day. He Poor guy. decimated for two days of rink. Two I, days. I, I, in I'm the coldest. sick for my boy. Yeah. I'd say, he, I, two I, days. I, I appreciate And now it's effort. like, he said. He texted me today. I texted him. I said, wow, you, well, that one day of arena, he was like, two days. So did they, <laughs> did they get to skate on it at least? Yeah, but he, for a day. Okay, but it was well, the did you skate on it? It was the cold. No, it was, I went over there at, better you know, than, nine o'clock oh, at night, and it was minus 30. Yeah. So, no, I was about to skate on Ben's dark rink in <laughs> minus 30. That had a hole in it, by the way, that was in, anyway, so... No, uh, it's going to be five degrees apparently like the rest of the yeah, month. So it's, it's going to, uh, I think, maybe 15 to 20 millimeters of rain on Thursday. Yeah. Degrees, so. So. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Great. This guy right almost killed himself um, for a rig that's just so never going to work. Go back to the NBA All-Star weekend. If yeah. you remember, yeah. the following weekend was like 15 and sunny. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was like the nicest weekend yet. Yeah, but still, February in Toronto, <laughs> to, all we're saying here is that you're rolling the dice, yeah. okay? Yeah. You, might, you might end up get this week, which is totally fine, mm -hmm. although yeah. always just icy and dangerous. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. I, as I get older, yeah. <laughs> I start to think about the slip and I've falls. had a couple speed walls yeah. so far this yeah. year. It's no, it's, it's, it's bad, Joe. Don't age. I'm not, I'm not Stay laughing. young, Joe. I'm not I, laughing at you guys. Because you don't ever think about that, but no. I, I think about... Man, I got to stop wearing fancy boots. I got to get some, you know, ones with spikes on the yeah. bottom. <laughs> some some crampons. Yeah, I got to get some more secure footwear <laughs> so that I don't bail on one of these ice patches. But 
Could you like? Could you imagine the embarrassment of the city? It's just Connor McDavid slips on ice patch oh, in Toronto no. in February, <laughs> four to six weeks, <laughs> career-altering oh, no. injury. Yeah, as long as we don't have ice at the club, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So this is sort of uh, the question. At first, I thought, okay, do you guys remember Pan Am Games? Yeah. Not you, Joe. I yes. no, I went. You went? Yeah, I watched yeah, as a twelve-year-old. Yeah, I, yeah. I watched volleyball and soccer. Yeah. Joe's pop. They were you were literally there on the child's discount. Yeah, you I got was. to buy. Well, how, old, your dad. how old would I have been? Was it, I, I don't know. know. I don't want to know. Let's yeah. keep going. Sorry, I don't want to know. Past that. Keep, going. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, forge ahead. Pan Am Games. Everyone was afraid of like the driving and the highways. And I actually got some of that from friends where they're like, "It's going to be a mess." I'm like, "No, no, no." Toronto puts on conventions for things mm-hmm. every week. It's perfectly suited for this. It's tons of hotels downtown, lots of bars. We know how to throw on an event. It's going to be some corniness. There's going to be some corn. because some. Yeah. Oof. Well, some. this is my... Th- we're going to try to fix the All-Star game as a group, okay? Yeah. We're going to try to come up with some ideas. But I'm not worried at all about Toronto becoming a mess because I would say that a lot of you don't even know when we have TIFF here. You know? Some mm-hmm. of you were like, what? TIFF's on? <laughs> I, don't, I don't go south of Bloor unless it's a, the going yeah, to the Jays game. So. Funny, yeah, you're trying. Yeah. <laughs> Jays or nothing. Jays or nothing. Jays or Leafs game. I'm not going south of Bloor otherwise. Yeah, uh, Jays are not that far away. I'm so excited. Yeah. Home opener, April yeah. 11th. Yeah. Not that far. Ten games on the road to start the season mm-hmm. while they finish those Renos. Pressure on the Reno boys. Seriously, yeah. as they're grinding away for that. For you better believe. There's a couple sleepless nights for the four. Oh man, there's a couple <laughs> yeah. guys right now <laughs> that are like who looking. At that week and they are shaking. I know, today. but They're NHL All Star. A mm-hmm. mm. um, couple quick thoughts. One is they couldn't sell out the Florida game. Clearly, mm-hmm. uh, surprised yeah. by that? No, no, not at all. Yeah, no. But it is kind of interesting given the amount of just hey, families come down, enjoy the weekend, and casual fans and whatever. I mean, there's only a f- however many players. I mean, it's not like it's yeah. that many people with family. No, I know. Just family, friends, you'd think you'd make weekends of something like that. Yeah, it's guess. not exactly like the most expensive place yeah, to try yeah. to hang out at. Fair. The tickets weren't crazy, and still they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, here, that won't be an issue. This is an event city. People will still buy it, but this is my prediction. They're going to try to make the prices extremely high, and people are going to be like, nah, we're not that into this. We'd rather just go to a Leaf game. Mm-hmm. Just save the money for like watching the actual. Well, like, what are you gonna? Unless Bieber performs, unless Bieber goes, I'm going to be doing uh, a show. Then that will that will move the tickets. But are you really gonna gonna go see Dylan Larkin? Like, who who do you really want to go see? Who's who's at the NHL All Star game? Yeah, now that they've got this format, I was watching some of that All Star game and I was thinking, this is just pathetic. Everyone trying to pretend as though the OV Sid thing was so cool. Like, look at these guys score tap-ins with each other in front of (laughs) Whoa! This is pretty cool. I saw one tweet, I think it was Rashinsky. He was like, say whatever you will about how this has been a disaster for the last 48 hours and no one's watched a second of it. But this is pretty cool. I went, no, it's not (laughs) at all. But okay. It's Uh, way cooler watching them play a game against each other. But yeah. I okay. I thought the game was way better than the the All Star, but that's not the the skills comp on Friday, which is not saying a whole lot. Well, but yeah, the it NHL. would have been hard to be worse. But I thought they asked. You didn't l- like the surfboard no, splash I, game I, I, or the chip the, golf the thing. Golf and surfboard were the best parts. Yeah, no, the pre taped ones. The pre taped ones were the, the best but parts. But the oh, you guys are out of your but mind. The problem was, <laughs> they got, that's my number one solution. No more off ice stuff. For sure, stuff. agree. But that's yeah. they can't do that here. There, that's why they lost the whole crowd because they went to. 
an hour of pre-tape crap <laughs> yeah. on the jumbotron. They're like, I am out of here. If, yeah. any, if everyone could divert your attention to the jumbotron. Yeah. So what were, the, what were the players doing that time? Just sitting around, <laughs> buying a bunch, chilling, like having they drinks, get like hungover. So do you know who drank the most NHL All Star Weekend? Who? Andre Vasilevsky. You know how I know this? It was seven-one against Florida last night. I watched him let in. The worst goal of his career. I also watched him go to play a puck and just backhand it right onto Aristotle's tape, who tucked in a wide open net. I went, geez, yeah, that's not pretty. No, he's, you I saw, saw that? that? I saw yeah. that. I watched, oh my God. I watched the Rangers. You can tell game, who, the, the, like, yeah, who the fun lads were on those trips. They shouldn't have played Vasilevsky in that game. So, Truba wasn't hungover. No, <laughs> no she wasn't. So I, I thought they just kind of ask a lot of these guys. It's like, you make fun of them for having these person no personalities, they right? Don't. Like, and then they're all of a sudden you're like, "Hey, personality, yeah. show it." <laughs> it's like it's they can't, they're supposed but they to just, don't. That's what. I mean, but they but they do a they're trying version. To, they're no. trying like Mitch Marner's wearing like a zoot Miami suit. A zoot is not a personality. <laughs> I don't know how many times I know, I need to say listen, this to people. But they're trying to force these guys with no personality yeah. to be like NBA guys who have a ton of personality. No, but there yeah. are guys in the NHL oh, that do but, have personality. Yeah, there are but, fun characters. But they don't want to put themselves out there like that. They're I know just, that's what's lame. It's a different thing. So here's the solution. Just first of all, number one solution: don't ever do it again. Done. Like, we're done with this. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number Toronto, one favorite Fix the yeah. Yeah. Hey. It just won't hey, happen. Can I say something? Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you've, you've really... Number one solution. Yeah. If they're going to have it in Toronto, mm -hmm. just do it throwback. Yeah. Like, have it be like uh, throwing it back to 2000s, the Mecca hockey. Maybe bring in a couple old players. Like, guys that, like, are still capable and, like, just have it be like a throwback event where you do, like actual skills competition and you know Borny said yesterday maybe use a wood stick like just make it <laughs> yeah, a throwback event East yeah. versus no. West okay so I actually don't like East versus West World versus versus North, North America, America is what they should go See, back to to me I actually think the best idea they ever had was the draft and then Ovechkin yeah. got so drunk that the league <laughs> was, <laughs> was like laughing <laughs> like taking pictures Ovechkin was them. bombed at yeah, that course. thing Shocker. but that's what I'm saying about personality we actually saw it it was fun. Players were yeah. interacting with one another. They were doing draft pick choices on the floor. There was the Kessel moment where we in Toronto were all, oh, how could they do that to <laughs> Phil? It was amazing. And, and, Phil, and Phil gets the car, and he's Phil Kessel too. He was actually, in hindsight, he was the perfect guy to pick last yeah, because yeah. he was probably the dude who cared the least about For it. Sure. Went, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> Where's my car? <laughs> that, that was, that, everyone's got, everyone's yeah. got a Phil impression. Yeah, but so, Cuthbert said this morning they should just throw sticks. I like that idea. Like, just go, they all go to the ice, and you have a different jersey, and you just throw sticks in the middle, and you go it, see what that, happens. The display of that isn't bad. Yeah, um, old school. It's 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 old school. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But I do love the idea of the draft making it feel like there's a little bit of who wants to play with who, who's trying to do what. Mm -hmm. I don't like East versus West because I one of the things I do think ultimately you could have in an all-star game that would be cool mm -hmm. since we're never going to see it in a meaningful game is like McDavid playing with Sid and those guys like giving some form of crap. The problem is, is that when it happens, no one does give a crap. And that's just like a real issue. Um, North America versus the world. That's the dream scenario because there's so many incredible players from North America and there's so many incredible players from worldwide. And I think you'd have like a sort of not natural rivalry, but almost mm. like a Ryder Cup situation where it's like the guys that are non-USA Canada would want to prove that they're like, I feel like that's one way that you could actually put a little bit of national pride. Yeah. Like a little bit of like non 
fake competition, like I feel like that could actually get somewhat contentious, as uh, contentious as an All Star game could get. Do, it don't could you get the blood flowing a bit? Don't you think they got to get rid of three on three too? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The three well, on three thing is so dumb. Well, I've been saying that since the start. It's like, hey, can we have guys who are All Stars of hockey? Play hockey? Yeah, I know. How would that sound? Play their no. positions? Yeah, like, how about, how about the rules of five on five? Yeah, I know. That sounds great to me. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, could you imagine the NBA was just like, okay, so the all-star game. Three on three. Three, three on half three court. tournament, half court. <laughs> yeah, King's Court and only dunks. We're playing Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just. You have it's, to go back and touch half, then you can come it's, back it's in. It's such an indictment of what hockey thinks everybody likes about hockey. And this is actually part of it is. My, my biggest thing for the NHL right now in terms of the way that they're trying to market these all-star games is they go, this is what we think the internet wants. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what we think the internet is saying, and here you go. Here's this event. You guys just want the, the skill. I don't think the NHL is the only thing guilty of that. Well, yeah, clearly, but I think that they're <laughs> the most weirdly pressured by it. You like, think? Yeah, dude, who is doing this stuff? is pretty... You know, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. It's like they're, they're that kind of league. I think too. it works more for NHL, the NBA, It works way yeah, better for the NBA. NHL is, like, trying desperately to, to do something cool and yeah. to try to get something that, like, translates yeah. to social media. It's like your elderly aunt trying to figure out TikTok. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're just like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> oh. I like that. It's the true. only non-cringeworthy <laughs> event. For, like, that's all I did was watching the NHL. Go, like, everything I would tune into going, like, cringe. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, except for one thing. McDavid accuracy. Target. Yeah. And they brought back the styrofoam. Yeah. yeah. Busting it the open. styrofoam I love that. was yeah. perfect. Yeah. They had that. And then poor on. But I also like the flip side of that where guys who are nasty can't do it. And they had Leon out there <laughs> like getting frustrated trying to do clappers. He's like, yes. I'm going back in. I just want everyone to think I'm trying. Yeah. I, I love that. It's like you're putting your skills on the line. Yes. Yeah. Real skills. I don't real, know. Did you watch? It. Okay. This is a crazy statement. Just do the real skills. Did you watch any of the AHL All Star game? Actually, they had an awesome their, idea. Their skills comp was sick. Yeah. And it was like the actual ones. And you see Joe Wall dominating the like. Made like eight two, saves there's like two guys just sitting there shooting and the yeah. goalie has to make a save. Like, why is Mitch Marner wearing a goddamn zoot suit <laughs> and taking a soft wrister Dude, on Roberto Luongo? What are we nothing, doing here? There was nothing. Okay. God. I, this, this is going to get. This is going to be bad. The NHL and Marner and all these. So clearly they knew the Toronto All-Star game was going to happen. And so Mitch was way more like the front main character and center. The and character. he was yeah. way. And it was like really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't go over. Well. <laughs> Mitch, we should have known with the skates that that was the first sign. But him at the media conference talking about Toronto, where he, he goes, there's some, some really good restaurants. I went, oh, my God. <laughs> That's the first thing everyone says about Toronto. Why? Because there are really great restaurants So th- there's great restaurants everywhere. We got So this is something we're going to talk but, about in a second. Well, Toronto's not the most, like, are, you know, like the, you know, it's not beautiful, I it's guess. A, like the waterfront's nice. It's yeah. not like it's like the architecture's classic or whatever. Yeah. Toronto is not like a aesthetically pleasing city. It's not about yeah, that. Okay. It's about like the sort of, you know, the culture, the the feel of it, the food. Uh-huh. Like it's a hard city to quantify. Everyone's like, you know. You're right. It, it's not something that you just like look at in a picture like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Like that's not what it's about. So... This is good. We'll just transition. Okay. I'll stop making fun of the. To me, I'll just summarize. To summarize to close this up. Three out of ten this weekend. It was terrible. Oh, I wouldn't even give it a three. It was. It was lower than that. I actually was. Yeah. Anyway, I. Yeah. Not tough. to brag. Yeah, but I got texts from quite a few NHL people who oh. were like, "This is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened <laughs> to our sport." And I stand by what I said going into the weekend. Is 
this whole notion of you shouldn't care about the all-star game because it's for kids is the dumbest thing ever because kids care about what you care about. And if you're watching an NHL all-star game and completely snooze fest and you don't care, your kid's going to pick up on that. They're not going to care about it either. Like this whole idea that like kids love the all-star game, prove it. Like show me the kids that are just like, Oh my God, the surfboard dunk tank challenge. This is what I dreamed of. Wow. Three on three tapping goal. Like, I don't know what you're... If the event has NHL players this is and superstars, yeah. kids are going to be into it. It doesn't... Yes, but that and but again, they don't have NHL superstars. There's yeah. like five guys there that were interesting, <laughs> and then there was dudes where I'm going, he's there? You, why are you Brock here? Nelson. That's what, what I mean. What a star. Yeah, Brock <laughs> well, Nelson. I'm just saying, like, like, in an all-star game sense, like if there yeah. are stars there, okay. like kids are going to be into it regardless. Hopefully the Isles fans are listening because they love to get mad when quick, people... Are... Quick immediate takeaways. One, no more three-on-three. Three. Two... No more off-ice events. Like, that's mm-hmm. done. If you're going to do off-ice events, I actually heard, I think it was Cassie Campbell. She had a good idea of just doing, like, hey, have them actually do, like, real athletic competitions. Have guys do, like, 40-yard dash. Oh, have yeah, them do that. a combine. Or, like, like yeah, or like a shooting hoops or, yes, like, something. Exactly. Like, have, them, yeah. have them do something that is an athletic a feat of strength. A game of bump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. We can't have bump. I want bump. No. Bump, is, <laughs> no. bump is bad, but something where it's like, yeah, they get a little loose and maybe the guys do talk a little bit more rather than just red carpet and going, I bought this expensive hat. And you're like, oh, oh my boy. God. Pasta, you're so and interesting. <laughs> we need to get rid of 100% the fake, the, 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 tacky stuff that they try to do with these shootouts like again they try to be the nba yeah. and the nba this was a mistake they went too far like yeah. oh, remember yeah. jeremy dunk evans i think was stunk, his name stinks now too. yes but the dunk contest was at its worst when they were like and jeremy evans who plays in the g league has won because he dunked over a painting of himself oh, we were like, yeah. Yeah. like someone jumped over like a that. plane no, remember yeah, that, that was if weird. you're gonna do something like that do it cool and, but they should be they should be doing some kind of a shootout challenge where they go, yeah, this is going to be based on like what your effectiveness at actually scoring plus like the coolness of it, not just the weird dangle where the goalie lets the puck in, like have it kind of be like the dunk contest. Borny's, where you have I- to- Borny's idea was put three pucks at the blue line mm-hmm. and you just skate in, you shoot the first one, you have three tries. And, I like that. And then you just go back out, get the next puck, go in, shoot and again, add go it, out. have it be style and success yeah, rate. And, and but have, I don't even need style. I yeah. just success rate. Okay. These guys are sick NHLers. You're going you're gonna tell me you have Mitch Marner versus Igor Shesterkin in a yeah, three it's puck. Sweet. It's gonna be awesome. But regardless. The, but this is the, the ultimate message is the players have to buy into pretending they care a little bit. Hundred percent. You guys acting like you're too cool for your own event is the lamest thing ever. And I this guess. is one of the biggest problems with hockey culture in general, is like everything is lame. Don't try. Don't be. Co- and it's like hockey used to be all about no. Try the hardest. Mm-hmm. Be a hardo. Try the hardest. And for whatever reason, the new zag is everything is lame and everything's kind well, of you a watch joke. Those old clips and those guys yeah. like do the four for four and they're like yes. massive yeah, yeah, fist yeah, yeah. pump, selling yes. hard. Like uh, Messi went down to like a knee. I was know, like, man. <laughs> no, like, it's I, sweet. Yes. Talking to Bork Agreed. last week, it it made me feel that where he went. Yeah, um, ninety six. It felt like it kind of mattered. Then year over year, it just sort of dissipated and didn't feel the same way anymore. Nineteen All Star games is such a joke. That he that's insane. Insane. Nineteen. <laughs> Nineteen. That's gonna be Clayton Keller. No, dude. Honestly. <laughs> Bork? No, straight up Bork. Uh, or sorry, Bourne compared Bork to John Tavares on Leafs Talk. Like in terms of what? Just the, he was talking about his legacy changes if he wins a cup. Oh, like Bork. yeah, yeah. And I and I was I so texted Bourne and I went, "Hey, yeah, that's the most offensive thing you've ever said." Like, go look at Ray Bork's stats. You know, he had 19 shots in one game. It's pretty impressive. No one's had 18. 
Anyway, Bork is the okay. man. Yes. Agree. Bork is the man. We and can he, all agree. Yeah. Yes. No, it's just he's, yes. he's so he criminally is. underrated yeah. that even hockey guys are like, he's kind of like Tavares. And you go, no, <laughs> no, 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 he's not. He's definitely not like that. The players have to try. Mm-hmm. The league needs to get rid of this whole messaging of it's only for kids and stop caring about it because it's just for kids. Because, no, you're supposed to be trying to grow the game. And the best way to grow the game is to have as many people interested as possible, not just like a select group of children. Also, if it is just for the kids, then, yeah, Probably don't have what the prices are going to be for a Toronto All-Star game versus a Florida All-Star game, especially considering that, oh, my God, the Drew House All-Star game jerseys are going to cost an arm and oh leg. And McKee is going to just love them so much. He's going to Probably. freak out. Yeah. I, I will say right now, preemptively. Yeah, preemptively, <laughs> he's going to go. I say this I like is, them already. This is the best thing yeah, that's agreed. ever happened. Agreed. Anyway, there's a way to make Toronto cool, but this gets into the secondary conversation about this. Is Okay, so we've had this in our doc for a little while. I have the article right here. Okay, yeah. Where, have, where's, where's the article from so again? It's, it's from King Casino Bonus. It's a, a, a thing Sounds from so the UK, weird. and there's independent analysts that they have. Yeah, okay. So they examine sites like uh, TripAdvisor and stuff like that yeah. with like comprehensive reviews and stuff. Apparently, it was over 20,000 people that they took this information from. It's <sighs> a good number of people. On the world's most overrated cities, and they listed 85 of the most popular cities in the world, mm-hmm. and Toronto came in at number 36, and there's a 10% chance of you being disappointed when you leave. What's the most overrated city? Do you have that in front of you? Yeah, the most. Yeah. So I have the full list in front of me. The most overrated city in the world is Bangkok. Yeah. Okay. With a 16% Can you give chance. Me the top five? Bangkok, yeah. Antiala, Singapore, Munich, and Rimini from Italy. I've never been there, but. No. Okay. So I. So the 36th most overrated city in the world is the one we all live in. Yes. And the Toronto Zoo is the worst. Well, but okay, I know <laughs> Toronto Zoo is the, the worst, Toronto zoo is the worst yeah. well, uh, attraction. Well, what, I, according I, to this, how do you get disappointed by a zoo? What do you expect? No. Animals I, in cages. Well, yeah, but that's that's it. I is. feel like that's the like okay. that's the main part. I think you nailed it, Sammy. Where you said Toronto can be a hard city to quantify. It is. If you're from here, right? Mm-hmm. There's a good chance that you are a Canadian transplant, like you've lived somewhere else in Canada, mm-hmm. and that's why Toronto is sweet to us. Because we've all lived, I've lived in Ottawa, and I've lived in Victoria, and I've lived in the Yukon. And Toronto just has so much more, right? There are a lot of awesome restaurants. There are a lot of great bars. Mm-hmm. A lot of cool events. But internationally, traveling, doing some stuff, you go look at things like, oh, there's other ways to get around than just being in a car and stuck in traffic <laughs> for three hours? Hmm, mm, interesting. Yeah. You go, oh, there are... a lot are... of cities that, are, that I know, in have the, that issues. In North America. Those issues, yeah. Especially here in yeah. North America because it's, you know, yeah. driving cities, mm-hmm. places with strodes. Mm-hmm. But Toronto's pretty damn bad for that, man. Like, congestion and there's just... If you think about Toronto as being overrated, I can totally understand it. I can see it. I love Toronto, right? Like, I don't think I'll ever live anywhere else. I love being in this city. But part of it is is that I am Canadian. And the options around the rest of the country is like, yeah, kind of... Mm-hmm. not as attractive to me, like a little bit more rural in a lot of places that are even big cities in Canada. So like Toronto gets bumped up because there's such a huge population here. There is a real energy to Toronto that I think is very real, mm-hmm. especially when things are going on. We're a really good event city for the most part. If yeah. we throw something like Toronto nails things like mm-hmm. Caravana is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, we do some of the like best events. Yeah. But also, it definitely is overrated. Everything's super expensive. It's hard as hell to get around. Uh, I would say that the weather... But listen, overrated, I mean, 
Yeah, it's I overrated. I disagree that it's overrated. I think it's as a tourist destination. What do you I, do if you're a tourist? You go to the, this is what happens they, whenever people come into they, the city. But a tourist is like, they are coming in, they're like, I'm going to go where I think Toronto is, aka around the CN Tower and yeah. like on Young Street. Yeah, that's where we're going. And it's like, you need to, I guess this is a detriment towards Toronto, but you need to have somebody that knows. <laughs> no, that's, that's anywhere. <laughs> no, what are you it's talk- not yes, everywhere. Yes, it is. No, what are you not. talking about? It's not you everywhere. Have, man, everybody that comes to Toronto, this yeah. is why it's overrated. And this is why people are kind of disappointed. They come down here, you go to the Hockey Hall of Fame, if you're a sports fan, you go, yeah, that's kind of... Hey, Hockey Hall of Fame, no offense, fine, but come on, you know. I haven't been since I was a kid. Yeah, so. because guess why? Because it kind of sucks. Uh, <laughs> suck, right? Like, it's not, I would never say that about yeah, the suck. hallowed halls. Yeah, it's yeah. not... Hey, it's just... Uh, that's him, not me. Hey, the... Uh, Hockey Hall Stanley's fame. mug lives there. Hockey Hall of Fame will always have a special place in my heart because the first week I moved to Toronto and I had no place to go and I didn't have a home, I literally was like a homeless guy in the in Hockey the Hall of fame. fame for like eight hours one day, like going through the fake Habs dressing just room getting, for the 15th time. Just being like, oh. beat by Mark Messier. Dude, I, 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 yes, I read every plaque in the Hockey Hall of Fame my like, first week here in Toronto. Anyways, shout out to the Hall. Go visit the so, Hall. Then. So, hold on. You go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yes. Right? You're downtown. It's like, what do you do? What do you do? First of all, I've always had this complaint about Toronto, but like down in that area, it's very much like, hey, tourists, you know how in your town there's uh, Jack Astor's? We got that down here too. <laughs> there's no like cool, real vibe to the around the arena experience that feels like you're in a cool, different city. It's very much just like they slapped a suburb of anywhere that you're from in any town right into the downtown core. Mm. Everything is except for, it's way more expensive. Except for it's way more expensive. You want to go have like some chicken tenders and a Bud Light at one of those places, like that'll be $46.80, <laughs> please. Plus tip, where is it, 25%. Where, Hold on. Where is it not expensive? This. Everywhere yes. is expensive. Then what That's else the is there around it? It's like, okay, um, the aquarium. Have you guys ever been to the aquarium? Yeah, it's sick. Once. Oh, yeah, it's sick. I guess you just don't Not appreciate a big it. Not yeah, yeah. It's the biggest waste. Well, I mean, it's the stupidest waste of money that you can possibly do. Oh, do I you like this CN aquarium. Tower? Oh, okay, cool. cool. <laughs> On a popular cool. day, you're going to wait forever. Um, and you're going to get up there. Yeah. It's all right. Okay. Like, CN Tower is okay. I would say that's a decent experience. Wouldn't you say? Like, if it's up, great. Yes. It's an incredible experience. Yes. Okay. That's I've, a good I've one. never been up the CN Tower. Really? really? I still have not. It's really it's cool, Because you're afraid? No, I'm not afraid of heights. I just like it's Take something that I've never gone ar- gotten around to doing. Take the stairs. <laughs> Take the stairs. Uh, Run Joe, up the stairs. Enough, you could actually do it. Anyway, CN Tower is fine. Mm. And then the rest, like kind of around there, it's like, what is there to do? Like if you get a hotel downtown, like what what is there to do? The zoo, apparently. Sam just said you it. have to know. So what? Read TripAdvisor, pal, and go yeah, and okay. take a look. So do what, some exploring. What, so what's your thing then? What's <laughs> go to the, the, big... the world famous Eaton Center. You know, you could yeah. go to the mall. Go to That's the mall. your thing. In 2023, walk, a mall. You could walk up to... That's his first example, by the <laughs> no, way. No, if you're in that area... Anyway, I don't like this because I'm, I'm crapping on I'm the city head, I'm, head, I'm heading north. I'm going up. You go to Queen's Park. Beautiful area. Stroll around Queen's Park. Head down College Street. Go to yeah, Sneaky okay. D's. Institution Sneaky in the corner D's. there. You can yeah. walk even further down that way. Go to Little Italy. Your, beautiful part of the you're city. You're going to tell your parents mm. to go to Sneaky D's? Yeah, I'm going to tell my parents to go to Sneaky D's. Okay. Yeah. No, I love Toronto and I will not stand for this. I love Toronto too. I'm just... Toronto stinks. Toronto doesn't stink. Toronto yeah, doesn't stink. It doesn't rain. It, I'm maybe. just saying it's that that assessment of Go hang out in Bangkok, pal. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the only, <laughs> it's the only place more overrated. No, it's not. There's 34 other cities. It's a joke, Toronto's the most overrated Canadian one, though. Hold on. Yes, it oh, is. Yeah, yeah. The, the other four. Not by Vancouver. 
where everyone's mean and it's raining all the time. Vancouver's, yeah. Vancouver's number 56. Yeah. yeah Vancouver see, no, Vancouver's Gastown's definitely the worst place there, apparently. Uh-huh. Agreed. According yeah. to I've this. I've been there. Yeah. I agree as well. <laughs> uh, listen, we're better than Vancouver, all right? I agree We're with by that. far the best Canadian city. If you're talking about just as a tourist experience, yeah. right? Like things to do here. Mm-hmm. There's no beaches. Yes, there is. No, buddy, you and I go to the island. I get yeah, it. But like, great. no, it's not. Yeah. It's a $10 boat across yeah. a beautiful island. All right. You think that for a tourist, that's the, uh, anyway. I'm, yes. Buddy, just be objective here. You've been to a lot of other places in the world. I like know. this isn't like the beaches of Croatia that you get to go to <laughs> Toronto Island. Anyway, just hold on. I'm just I saying. I couldn't say anything. No, you're defensive. You're all triggered up. I'm pissed off. Also, you're right. I need you guys to kind of weigh in here and like play <laughs> into what you think this is. I'm just saying that I do think that I can totally understand why Toronto on a TripAdvisor site would be like, hey, this is overrated. Yeah. Because you show up downtown, there's a lot going on, it's really busy, it's hard to get around, and there's not like, you know, you can go to different, you're right, if there's, if you know some people and you get some advice, you can do stuff. Like, you can be like, okay, hey, like, go to Chinatown, check it out, take, uh, check it out. Hey, like, these are, you can go down to the Danforth and you can have a nice dinner. There are restaurants, right? Like, there are clearly pockets in the city where there are awesome places to eat. There are some really interesting bars, but it's not overly accessible to a tourist, and it's not like an easy city to navigate. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard to do it, and it can be overwhelming. It can be a little frustrating. It's obviously condensed. It's unbelievably expensive, and there's not like cool outdoor activities to do here like over like and over again. There's not just an abundance of, hey, don't worry. You can have a cheap free day and go see a bunch of sites. You kind of go downtown. You see the CN Tower. You look at the skyline a little bit, and that's the sort of highlight. There's Go not, to the island. Yeah, but there's not another, like, <laughs> bunch of main attractions that make it, like, an awesome tourist city. That's all I'm saying. No, I get it's what like, you're saying, too, because, yeah. like, when I have buddies come visit, and they're like, hey, like, what I'm in I Toronto. For, yeah, they yeah. say, what should I do? I run out of stuff quick. pretty quick. And I love, yes. I love living here. So do I. I love the city. But, like, when my buddies are like, hey, what should I do? I'm like, I don't know. Have you seen the CN Tower? And then, yeah, I'm, that, then I'm kind of like... I don't know. Yep. <laughs> Let's go get a beer somewhere. Like, yes, I don't, that's I don't it. Know. Because and that's but that's the social activity in Toronto so much. Like our summer is patios, patios and parks. So, what patios. Would, yeah. patios so, and parks. So what would someone who like you know I don't know I'm trying to think of another city, dude. There's like but what if, if they're like what would you do in this city? Like what's the if you're going I go on, see if, a if, lot of historical if, sites. If, if Toronto going, doesn't have that. If you're going on a a trip somewhere, you would go to a historical site. Yeah, it's what you're looking for, I guess. Just okay. Like if you're, like if, you're going to a weekend, if you're going okay. for a weekend in Chicago, what yeah. are you doing, buddy? Well, first, there's a million different things. I'm just saying, Toronto, Chicago gonna... has everything that they have. I was just going to say that my most recent trip, mm-hmm. right, was to Montreal, where I just I go to Montreal, and God's going to get me in so much trouble. But <laughs> wow, I, like I don't know what. I, are there podcasts big in Alberta here? Like it's like this is the crap on Toronto hour. It's, not, it's gonna it's gonna send my downloads through the roof. This is a mistake. Absolutely, it was a mistake. And twist my words. How dare you? That's twist the clip my words. today, boys. That's, That's the clip. That's the clip. That's the clip. My boys in the Yukon. Oh my God. I love Toronto, man. I love it so much. I get you know that I get emotional about wanting people in the city to get. That Leafs championship that it's like, that's what matters almost the most to me is seeing people here happy. I love Toronto. I want to live here for the rest of my life. It's a great place to live if you can afford it. Mm -hmm. If you can't, it's a real hard place to live. And I've done that as well, where it's a grind, man. Mm -hmm. Like you look at the places that you can get for $1,400 a month of rent and it's like a bucket 
and a closet. Yeah. yeah. You're in a basement and you get and a bucket. You're in a hole. And someone upstairs says, <laughs> keep it down down there. <laughs> you know, like it's not. But I don't easy... think that's exclusive to Toronto. Yeah, I know, but it's but it's exclusive to kind of the big city. Anyway, I love yeah. the heartbeat of the city. When there's stuff going on, you can really feel it. You can feel the multiculturalism in this city. Yeah. Although I do think that at times it can be a little bit more disconnected than people make it out to seem. Um, it is still a great place where you can just about experience like anything from around the world. Like you can meet people from wherever. It's a transplant city. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really great. We have every amenity here. You know, everything. like everything is available at you. But mm-hmm. as a tourist, there's no classic historical sites that you want to go visit in Toronto. There's no York. Yeah, Casaloma. Come on. That's what I'm saying. Casaloma. You boys. really think. <laughs> I'm not a tourist, buddy, but like maybe. I, no. Right. <laughs> so you're thinking like, you've you, been to Italy. Yes. Yeah. I have been to Italy. I know. I'm just saying. A couple different times. Yeah, actually. I know. Yeah. Oh, 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 Casaloma against the Coliseum. Yeah, I just, what are you yeah, choosing? It's like, you know, Casaloma all day. Yeah, 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 that's <laughs> easy. Anyway. Coliseum's all busted up and crappy. Yeah. It's all broken down. <laughs> it's all broken down. Casaloma's yeah. 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 not even Casaloma. working. Maybe you use it the wall. The you Coliseum. go, what happens in there? Oh, rich people get married in there. Oh, it's, uh, the, <laughs> occasionally they film a show there. Yeah, exactly. Look Look at all those rich people getting married. spooky garden in there? spooky garden. Again, you probably go to all your rich people weddings I've never been to a wedding there, unfortunately. Yeah, I anyway, always wanted to. My point is, is that it's like there's no necessarily like thing you have to see outside the CN Tower. And then if you're afraid of heights, that well, that's out. <laughs> and a lot of people are. So and if you're down. not, then okay, like you can go up there and it is a good time and like the CN Tower is decent. But outside of that, it's like, yeah, there's a reason why they're talking about our zoo is because that's something that people do. They're like, I guess go to the zoo. We got a zoo. And they all and hate they it. Go, and they're like, this zoo sucks. <laughs> they all hate it. Because we didn't do anything else. I, I was, yeah, I've. I've never been to the zoo. Yeah, I've never. Yeah. I'm so not anyone I've been to the zoo. I think I've been once. I get when immediately I, was a kid. I feel immediately guilty when I go See, to the zoo. Sam's wife is texting in. Uh-oh. And she's like, "Boys, <laughs> that's my she's bad already." So, I'm sorry, Allie. But she's like, "High Park is an attraction in the city. Trinity Bell. It's like, come on, Allie. Like Those are, It's true. High Park's a beautiful part it of the It is town. a beautiful yeah. well, park. And that's and the so Toronto thing. And so is, is Trinity. Is beers on patios and parks. Like, that's yeah. the big thing. Yes. You, you go go, outside but I don't and drink know about, like, saying to a, to a tourist, like, hey, yeah. go to High go to Park High and park walk and around. Sit in the Listen, park. Depends, how, depends how old you are. Like, if, you, if, if, you, <laughs> if you're here in the summer and you want to go to Trinity Bellwood and you're sure, looking for this you know, actually, some fun, you're going to have a good time down 100%. there. Well, this actually leads leans into my point, though, a little bit, where it's like, this All-Star game is here in February. It's like, you know what you should do is go, go to, to Trinity, Hyde Park. Go to Trinity Bellwood. Exactly. you can see the cops destroy tents of homeless people. <laughs> yeah. That's Toronto. No, no, anyway, no, man. It's just, yeah. Get our subway system where our, there's also cops now with assault rifles. <laughs> Like it's not. It's it's hard for me to gauge like how overrated Toronto is just because I haven't lived really anywhere. Like I've lived one other place in my life, and it was in Lithuania, which is not really a good comparison to Toronto. And how old were you? You were like three. No, 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 I was nine. Okay, yeah. I was eight, eight and Sorry. nine. You I, had a lot of opinions. I've, I've traveled a lot, yeah. but I haven't lived extensively in another place. I was in Halifax so or Dartmouth, Nova Scotia for two years. Yeah. I was in Kenya for like a summer, but that doesn't really count as like living somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, this is yeah, this is a bad so. list. Ali sent is proving my point. What, like, Riverdale? <laughs> beautiful no, part it's of the just city. Like, yeah, anyway, the ROM. It's like, yeah. The ROM. Yeah, the museum. Museum. The but, AGO. Hey, guess what? Another beautiful That's museum. That's why I said it. it was because that was the best example she gave. It was a great museum. You know so what else? So is AGO. Beautiful. AGO has always great great museums like on a roof. Like, yeah, great. But you just said when you come here, <laughs> like, oh, when I go to a city, I want to go to historical sites. Meanwhile, you're at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Ottawa and the museums. Well, it's just like, yeah, the Ottawa has a bunch of museums. Yeah. Like, well, just, one of them is rated the worst as their attractions. 
the yeah. military museum? Canada Science and Technology Museum. Yeah, it's well, you that's, go to the Science Center. Yeah. It's rated as their science. worst. And, and, go, and then you go check some discs. Yeah, right if after. you check discs, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> sweet. Anyway, all right, let's take a break. Um, subscribe to this podcast. Leave five stars. Tell me, like, listen, reach out today. Is Toronto overrated? That's the just question. If you're telling tourists, text no. in from Alberta and tell us how much Toronto sucks. Hey, if you're from Alberta, you invited me in here. If you're from Alberta, just you know, stay oh. tend to your farm, okay? The, the Northern Ontario boys are like, no. this is my favorite segment ever done on the radio. Toronto yeah. sucks. Hour, let's no. go. Here's the thing about all those other places. I would never live there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Here's where I would live. Here's where I will die. The own sound portion of this show is just thrilled about. Yeah. The guy who's wearing the Owen Sound yeah. hoodie who's always like, I'm moving back, I'm moving back, I'm moving Never back. Never once have I said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I'm, when I'm 50, baby. Yeah, when I'm 50, okay. Yeah. So, like... When I'm 64? Yeah. yeah. Like, don't say, like, next year, you're the old uh, guy. I know, but you're... We're, yeah, like, you're just creeping up, you know? I'm heading in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, quick break. Let's come back and let's hit a couple of things we missed. One of- Sportsnet 590, the fan. All right. Let's hit a couple of stories that we missed. So Conor McGregor about me canceled with twisted my words. Yeah, Conor McGregor. What? Conor McGregor is back. The Ultimate Fighter obviously kicks off in May, and he's a coach along with Michael Chandler. And then Dana White also said that they're gonna. It's probably gonna be a mega fight at the end, where the two are finally gonna fight. McGregor hasn't obviously fought since that Poirier leg break. Yeah. You don't, you don't like them fighting? No, I love them fighting. I don't like that. It's like there's probably gonna be mega. What are you talking about? No, they're gonna fight. Yeah, it's gonna be a mega fight. Yeah. Yeah, and but like like a date hasn't been set, location hasn't been set yet, but yeah. it's like it's it's gonna happen. Anyway, Dana is thrilled because the UFC has no stars. Like they <laughs> they have something Dana's trying to push right now, where it's like Islam Makachev, yeah, or like Alexander Volkanovski. No, no, but Alexander Volkanovski and oh, Islam Makachev are fighting one, yeah. this weekend. Yeah, and guess who cares? Other than fight fans like actual no one no one not, yeah. well do, sammy you never heard of any of these people exactly and yeah. guess what there's the number one i've heard of conor mcgregor it's, it's number they're, one and two it's a historic two fight pound for pound fighters on the planet like, this is a historic fight and, video watch it. and volk volk you do know because he fought a couple of times like you've actually seen him fight okay yeah could have fooled me <laughs> but I feel like, or you maybe you so. haven't <laughs> for my uh for my ufc takes feels like having conor mcgregor involved is good yeah okay here's is here's that the true thing. you yeah. Good take. Yeah. You remember, obviously, you know Max Holloway? <laughs> yeah, of course. I like him. Volkanovsky is the guy that he fought mm. and, like, took the belt from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, no, like, Volkanovsky took the belt from him. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, Volkanovsky about- <laughs> hey, is this awesome story, awesome fighter, marketable guy, mm-hmm. but he fights in a weight class that is harder to do it and where guys have been... Yeah, just, you know, bigger names in the past, like Max, who who have resonated with people a little differently. Yep. Volk is great, but I think he always got hurt by ending Max's career, essentially, and Max was like a true blue, everyone-loved superstar. And, yeah, he won one of his fights in a controversial decision. Anyway, I don't know yeah. why Volk isn't bigger. He should be bigger, but it just doesn't feel like he has that, like, whatever that little je ne sais quoi is yeah. of a top, top superstar. Makachev, obviously, nobody cares. As much of a beast as he is, like, he's not marketable. Don't know. No, he never uh, talks. Yeah, he doesn't talk. Like, yeah, anyway, the, you can pitch this as a good fight. It is going to be a good fight, although, man, I hope I hope Volk can stand his ground and do this. I think <laughs> Makachev just might be a little too much. Islam's just a beast. He is just, like, he, he's yeah. so strong. Yes, exactly. So strong. So is Volk, though. Yeah, anyway, that's fair, that's fair. For the casuals and for just the general injection of sport, like, UFC's had some pretty tough cycles, whether it's been Dana White, feels you know, like slapping been, his... Feels like they've been out of the public eye except dude, that. They got, they lost gambling in Ontario, mm-hmm. huge momentum 
like a tough momentum hit. Yeah. They haven't really cultivated any new stars in a while. Yeah. Dana hit his wife in public and then tried to launch Slap League, which might be I the stupidest thing later. ever. That was that's them? Yes. <sighs> yeah. Wow. The Slap, Slap League, League is, is Dana White's child. Anyway, um, so, Conor McGregor coming back and having a tough season where he's going to talk a lot of trash yeah. and then have a fight where him and Michael Chandler stand in the middle of the octagon and trade blows. Yeah. That's big for the UFC. Especially since Chandler's yeah. been calling out Connor for a while. Yeah, now. yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. a that's a big fight that a lot There's of people juice. are going to watch. UFC back in the limelight. What's next? Um, so Patrick Kane. Yeah. Uh, this report came out. Um, so per Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times, says Patrick Kane is undecided about being traded. He's going to take it right up to the deadline. Okay. Uh, he said there's definitely opportunities out there that are intriguing and could be exciting. We'll see. Is um, that a player you'd be interested in or is price probably going to be too high? What are your thoughts on it? Okay, well, uh, I'll just say this. In 45 games this season, he has nine goals and he's a goal scorer. So um, out. I'm not out on Patrick Kane, but I, I just, I've always kind of thought that Taves is the better fit for Toronto. And I, but I would like to say that I was the first person that said the Jets should be going real hard for Taves to kind of have him be the Manitoba close to his career. That'd mm-hmm. be a cool thing. Yeah. I said that literally months ago. Yeah. And now I'm starting to see you that did. pick up steam kind of like my LeBron <laughs> or sorry, my Lakers Kyrie or my Lakers Raptors trade. Where oh, it was, okay. Yeah. The way that that fit. And then all of a sudden everybody else picked it up. Thank you to Blake who wrote his column and shouted mm. me out for that in it. Um, I, I think I think Kane's done. So apparently he's he's been in and out of the lineup. Apparently he's yeah. pretty hurt. Yeah, I know. And been, this exactly. Is, and this is a scenario where if I'm Kyle Dubas, I'm not taking a chance on an aging guy that might be hurt again. No. no I don't think so. that worked out too well with Nick Felino. No. Yeah, no. I would be lying if I said I wasn't incredibly tantalized by oh, the idea of Austin Matthews him, and, and Patrick Kane playing together. Him Feels in like, that sweater. Would be amazing. Just him in the Leafs sweater. Yes. Patrick Kane. Be great. Gorgeous. But what number does he wear? Hmm. Will he give up 88? 100%. I don't think he would. Oh, Willie's 100% I, I giving up. I think he would give up no, 88. He's, dude, he's Patrick Kane. So back to 29, yes. he's going to strip Pontus. Then what does Pontus wear? <laughs> what is, okay. You know what Pontus wears? A Marley's jersey. Anyway, <laughs> Who's uh, playing for the Marley's this yeah, weekend? I know. And Portal uh, anyway, got to yeah, take an all-star anyway. break. Three and three, you got to play. In the... I, I, don't, I don't think Patrick Kane is the Leafs target. What's next? LeBron James is just a guy who wishes he could do normal things. I love the story. <laughs> yeah, so he said recently, uh, you know, I don't want to say it ever becomes too much, but there are times when I just wish I could do normal things. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wish I could just walk outside. I wish I could walk into a movie theater, sit uh, down, go to the concession do stand, get some popcorn. Uh, you know, he mentions Target as a place he wishes he could and go. And Starbucks. And Starbucks. So, like, yeah. what do we think here? No, the Starbucks take... thing was interesting because he was like, I just want to go to a Starbucks and have my name on a cup. And I went, man, that's real. You know, like, that's a real thought he's had. My oh, take... LeBron. <laughs> my take on uh, this is, like, I wish I could... for LeBron? Who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could do the things that LeBron can do, like rent out a private villa, you know? Yeah. So I guess I get play what he's in the saying, NBA. but, like, <laughs> I, wish. I don't know. So, so that's I sympathize with LeBron on this. Okay, a little bit. It's like uh, when he we were kids. He is so famous. So yeah. He could, literally could not go anywhere. I see what he's saying. Like, I get I, the logic I of actually, it. I actually kind of, like, I know LeBron's the corn king, like, number one corniest dude, and that interview yeah. that he did about them not trading. This guy just can't he help himself. He got really himself. emo he's, on Twitter, too. He's after the, that. Oh, yeah. Twitter said, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. <laughs> maybe it's me. <laughs> like, he is yeah. the corn king. It's like yeah. an and MSN messenger. I yeah. just, I can't get past the corn king. That part of it is he's so corny. But... Mm. This, this, like, there is a part of fame when you are that famous that would probably be pretty isolating, like in, ter- in terms of like not being able to do anything. Yeah, 
Um, no, like, is this, am I off base? No, 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 I, no dude, I, you're dead right. It's just, it's one of those things where, and he says he's not complaining. Yeah, I was about to say, that's, that's a good like thing a, at the end. But like, yeah, everyone on planet Earth is like, LeBron is now a billionaire, right? It's like, oh, absolutely. It's like, he's gotten a star in a movie. He's got to be the greatest athlete on Earth. Like, he's... I just want a He's coffee. Got, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> I want my name on a coffee. Like, we all can afford our coffees, but then we buy our Starbucks coffee, and then the Wall Street Journal comes out with an article like, you can't buy a house because you bought that. And you're like, oh. I just want and LeBron has, yeah, Vila's, right? So it's like, yeah, I get it. It's probably isolating, and yeah. it's annoying at times, yeah. but it's like, you know what the trade-off is? Is like going to being Ibiza. The, being the greatest athlete of yeah. all time. and. Uh, uh, guess what LeBron can do that you can't do is like he he goes to F one in Monaco yeah. and he's the star and he can walk around and go get into anything that he's, he's a ever bigger wants. star than the actual yeah. driver. Buy a country, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's just like when people, it's like you're right, Sam. There's a little bit of man, you know, you wish you could have that. But then it's like, oh, so LeBron's basically his gripe is that he doesn't have every single thing. Yeah. Yes, he's like I can't have everything. He's like I can't have all my. Millions of dollars, my incredible ability. No, I, you're right. My I family. I'd completely take it all back. I yeah. shouldn't have <laughs> sided with the Corn King. You're yeah. right. I'm wrong. I'm just saying. He that, did have a point, though. No, like, but, there no, was a point there. No, but it sounds better on paper. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it sounds good on paper where he's like, I just wish I could go to the concession yeah. stand. Do this. No, I guess. Right. But here's the thing LeBron would do that for one day, and then, like, we'd let him. We'd let him have a pill where it's like, LeBron, hey, try out like, a can normal I go back life. To my other life? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. do that for one day. And Anyone like, would This trade is what you guys are doing. Ask. Like, <laughs> no one's paying attention yeah. to you and, like, yeah. giving you everything you want all the time, and then you don't just get on your jet with your family. so much. Of course, because it sucks. Why do we call it? The grind. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Anyway, Anyone so, would trade what they have. Yes, of LeBron course. Has. That's why I was like, anyway, so LeBron's just yeah, somebody. I, you know what he should do? He should get, like, Nathan Fielder to build a fake coffee yeah, shop. Build his own Starbucks. Yeah, like, yeah, build a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Nathan Fielder gives him the experience. Just show. build your own I, city where I it's just, like, his show. family oh, and nobody. One of the best shows I've ever seen. You couldn't be more wrong. I quit on it. I was just like, this That's, is too much. Which was it? insane. Which, the, what was it, the rehearsal? Yes, the rehearsal. I quit on it. Sorry, sorry, audience. Yeah, I, you shouldn't have given up on it. It's really great. Um, anyway, uh, we got what, time for one more quick. Yeah, so I'm going to give you Tom Brady's post-playing career started with a thirst trap. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. uh, takes to Twitter. I don't know. I, like, is he going to have the corniest, the the most embarrassing retirement phase of any like all-time sports great? Because that was that was no, something. LeBron, just... because Sam said it, he's the corn king. So yeah, like true. when LeBron retires. He, he's the corniest guy. Yeah, ever. he'll he'll be around in some capacity, and it'll it, like I don't know what LeBron's is yet, but it will be corny. I will say that, like Tom, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, that was like I liked it. Let him do what he wants to do. Guy's super rich, and he's now single, and he's got a good bod. Do what you want. Hand do, over bro. the hog was quite the move. I, I was listen, like, yeah, I have don't zero look. problems with that. Do what you want to do, buddy. You're you've yeah, done. But you've given me enough. Be, so the, he's the goat. Give buddy, me enough. Did you hear? You the... can post, you know, <laughs> pictures wherever you want. Yeah. Did you hear him on his own podcast though, where Jim Gray asked? Yeah, like, I would Jim. definitely listen to Tom Brady's you, podcast. No, I know. It's I'd, rather, yeah. I'd rather like <laughs> you've said that before yeah, too. You're like, that's insane. I'd rather live in Bangkok. The locals are like, yo, if you know someone who can show you around, Bangkok's pretty sweet. Anyway, subscribe to the podcast, leave five stars. Thanks for listening. Love everybody. See you later.